Coming up on today's show, we examine the top quarterbacks under 25. And of course, as always, we will draft them. We do four rounds. We talk about who had the best draft out of those four rounds. And then both Andrew and I will tell you which quarterback under 25 will be out of the NFL by the time they hit 30. We talk with Green Bay Packers great Pro Bowl tackle David Bakhtiari. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, the relationship with Aaron and Mike McCarthy, the roughing the passer calls against his teammate Clay Matthews, if he had a come-to-Jesus meeting with Clay Matthews about his lack of discipline in the first three weeks of this season, and much more. And we're going to give you the matchups we're watching for in Week 5 individually and as a team. All that and much, much more coming up on the Tomahawk Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show, which is presented by Uninterrupted. I am your co-host, Andrew Hawkins, joined as always by my guy, 11-time Pro Bowler, connoisseur of all things, in particular, lineman and beer, Joe Thomas. Joe, how you doing today? I'm great. I'm glad you added an extra Pro Bowl to my resume because uh, I feel like I deserve it. After, after having to deal with you for the last year on the Tomahawk Show, I feel like I deserve one more Pro Bowl on the resume. Yeah. Joe, when everyone says that you're a future Hall of Famer, what happens if you don't get in the first time? What, <laughs> what if we get to that year? Since everyone is, I've heard you've even signed some autographs as future HOF. If we get there and they do not induct you to the Hall of Fame year one, first ballot, what happens? In the famous words from a movie, we just wait longer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that no, but let me let me address the other part of it. So I do these signings, you know, occasionally where you sit there and people come up and you get to sign autographs and take pictures with people. And I always say, hey, the 20 bucks or whatever it is, you get my time. You get my my seven seconds for that $20. So whatever you want me to write on that football or that photo, I'm going to write it because people are always shocked when they're like, hey, can you write like future Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame 20, you know, 24 or whatever it is. And I'm like, sure, I'll write whatever you want. You know, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Steelers suck. Uh, Joe Thomas is an idiot. It doesn't matter. This seven seconds is yours. Use it however you feel. 20 bucks? Holy hell. Or maybe reading? it's more, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks, whatever it is. Dude. It's not as much as you. You're the famous uh, media celebrity. I wish, man. People don't even ask me for pictures. They just walk up and take pictures. They don't even, they just put their arm around me and snap and walk off. They don't even say anything to me. <laughs> That's because so, you're more accessible because you're closer to their size. Being 5'6", yeah. it's a lot more easy for the common man to throw his arm around you and take a quick selfie and run. Versus right. me, I'm a little taller. They got to get on a scaffold to get up to my 6'6". And because I'm way more humble than you are. That probably has something to do with <laughs> Well, we need to talk about the two other humble people that are always with us. And that is The Firm, The Zerm, who is a rising star in uh, ESPN media and uh, other NFL and sports related media. Zerm, how are we doing today? Um, Joe, I don't, I don't deserve any of that intro, so I appreciate that. Thank you. I am, um, guys, I'm live from an undisclosed location today, aka a Dunkin' Donuts. So I'm, I'm really out here today. I'm really doing it big. Uh, I so love yeah, it. Doing great. You must be looking for NFD over there somewhere in Europe. And <laughs> of course, as always, we have the great Natty Ice. How are we doing out there in LA? I'm doing great. I'm sitting next to the wonderful, oh, so humble hawk. <laughs> so humble. Do you hear that, Joe? <laughs> Don't hate. Listen, it, listen, anyone listening, make sure you interact with us on social media at Tomahawk Show. Use the hashtag Tomahawk to send us any comments, questions, suggestions, and we'll try to incorporate it in here to the show. We got to talk about NFD. 
There was a big update last week where he was actually found, I think, somewhere in Norway. People got Mm -hmm. some pictures of him. They posted it on social media. So we're happy that he is safe. But unfortunately, the last I heard was maybe he left Norway. I think his tracking device, maybe we can bring Natty Ice in for the current update on NFD status. Yeah. Yeah, so I think as far as I heard, he had to renew his visa or something. And it just was a really complicated situation. He went to the embassy they were just giving him a hard time. So they basically, end of story, they exiled him from the country. Um, I think he's mm. heading somewhere in Europe, maybe like Germany or France. Our listeners need to be on the lookout. They need to snap pictures if they think they see NFD anywhere in those countries. We would love to know. We are worried about him. Yeah. For those of you that don't know NFD as well as we do, he's a big beer guy. So the last I heard, the rumor on the street when I put my ear to the pavement was that he was potentially going somewhere for Oktoberfest because he was looking to get some of that great German beer. And I think we've got a huge following in Germany. I get tweeted uh, from people in Germany all the time. So keep your eyes open. If you're at any of those big Oktoberfest celebrations in Germany, you might be seeing No Face Dan somewhere over there. No Face Dan, we miss you. We know you listen. We need you to come back. Um, let's get into our first segment, man. Truth or fluke. We're going to actually probably do a spin on this. Instead of just talking truth or fluke, let's do another mock draft. A Tama mock draft is what we're calling them now, which we've become so famous for. And I see other podcasts doing all the time and not giving us our due credit, but that's fine. We, uh, we know where you got it from. We got Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky all had explosions in week four. Sam Darnold, he has not been as hot as his debut. But that begs the question, who are the best quarterbacks under 25? So before I get your take, Joe, we'll get this as we go. We're going to base the draft. Who goes first off of who did better in DraftKings? First off, the winner of the DraftKings League this week was Ward, 69-29. He had 232.36 points, which is a shitload of points. And if you win, if you've ever been a winner of any of our weeks, again, we give our winner $73.16. What you have to do is you have to email us at tomahawkshow at gmail.com. Give us your username. We will fact check that with the people over at DraftKings. And we will send you your check. We will Venmo it. We will cash app it. We will give you $73.16 in nickels if you want. I don't care. Just make sure you email us at tomahawkshow at gmail so you can collect your winnings. Okay, here at the Tomahawk Show, the winners for the DraftKings. Oh, (laughs) would you look at that, Joe? The top performer amongst the Tomahawk staff is your boy, Hawk, with a 181.66. Next was Zerm, the firm, the Zerminator did 161.8. Um, Nat, Let's go. 188.86. Followed it up, followed up by Joe, who was 231 <laughs> out of 350 people, and he finished with 127.46. For clarity, I was 30th out of 350 people. That is how you general manager a fantasy football team. It was pretty solid. I think that I would like to call out the Dolphins defense, who I picked last week, which uh, was clearly an error because they got absolutely walloped by the Patriots who came to life that week. So I think that was my biggest mistake. I had Patrick Mahomes. I had Kareem Hunt. I felt pretty good about it. But if you want to be the king shit of the Tomahawk Fantasy League, you got to be right on everybody. You can't just be right on a couple guys. And I think that seems to be what your strategy was. Uh, you were just right. That's all I can say. Right, per usual. Is what so I'm you get right. to pick first in, in the uh, top QBs under 25 draft. 
go ahead and uh, explode all over us. All right, with the first pick in the Tomahawk draft, we have Mr. Andrew Hawkins. Hawk, you're on the clock. Okay, so with the first pick, I'm going with, we already actually talked about him, Patrick Mahomes is what I call him because he is my homie. The dude is a beast. The more you watch him, he gets all the comparison of all the good quarterbacks because besides his huge freaking arm, he just is so poised. He was down 10 points in that Monday night football game, and I never thought for a second that they were going to lose. And that's usually indicative of someone that you know has a command of the team and is a really good quarterback. And he did what he had to do. He had more passing yards in his last two drives than he had in his first seven. And anyone who can step his game up and do whatever it takes at the end of the game to win, that's my guy. So with the first overall pick, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. All right. With the second overall pick, we have Mr. Joe Thomas. Joe, you're on the clock. Thanks, Natty Ice. It's not going to take me very long to put this pick in. Uh, I've got Jared Goff, L.A. Rams quarterback, a guy that everyone wanted to say, oh, he was a bust because he had a bad rookie year, but he has come storming back in a big, big way. He's playing for the best offense in the NFL right now. He's playing for the best team in the NFL, clearly the Super Bowl favorite. There was a little bit of decision there for me between Baker and Jared because I think if you're extrapolating this out and you're looking long-term, there's a chance that Baker Mayfield's the better long-term player, but right now you got to go with sample size. And Jared Goff has played more games, played better in more games overall than Baker Mayfield, so I'm going Jared Goff. I don't mind it. Firm, can we get a little analysis on round one, please? Yeah, I mean, look, guys, I think it's impossible to beat the pick of Patrick Mahomes who threw a ball with his left hand while he was being tackled like he was a – goddamn magician so i uh i'm i'm gonna give that round to hawk but only because it's been tough to pick anyone other than Mahomes. i like golf a lot but i'm i'm giving the first round to our guy hawk love it all right moving on to the second round with the first pick in the second round we have hawk hawk you're on the clock all right i won't need much time for this i'm going with baker mayfield baker mayfield cleveland browns quarterback is my second round pick again for the same reasons when you watch baker play besides a couple of mistakes he's made and aaron throws and a couple of ball security issues. He just has command of offensive football and not just the playbook that he's under now because it's hard to, to get a playbook and, and master it the way that he has unless you understand offensive football as a whole. So it doesn't matter what coach he's under. doesn't matter what offensive coordinator. He just understands concepts. He understands holes in defenses. He understands coverages. He understands when the blitz is coming, where it's coming from, and what the answer is. And for a guy early in his career, much like Mahomes, who's in his second year, but Baker as a rookie, that's been the most impressive thing for me. And his ceiling is sky high and his trajectory is headed the right way. That's why Baker is my second round pick. I gave you an alley-oop on that one. Thanks, Joe. I actually crossed off my second guy on my board to go with Baker because I didn't think he'd be available. And here we are. <laughs> with the next pick in the second round, Joe. Joe, you're on the clock. All right. I am actually going to go with somebody that I'm sure people out there that are listening are going to be surprised by, but I'm okay with that. And I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota. And let me tell you why, because Marcus Mariota is a winner. All he has done throughout his career is win in spite of injury, in spite of inefficient offenses he's been in, in spite of a lack of, of playmakers. Right now, he's got a new offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur, who is a Shanahan disciple. And he's got that offense looking better than it has since Marcus Mariota has been there. Marcus is playing better than he has throughout his entire career. And I think if you continue to allow him to grow under Matt LaFleur and that Shanahan offense, that Marcus Mariota is going to be one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL for many years to come. I love Marcus Mariota. Thank you very much. 
That is a terrible pick. And before we kick it to Zerm for his analysis, I want Nat, who is sitting right beside me, I have circled on my draft board what number that Marcus Mariota is listed at. What, what number does that say, Nat? Number nine. He is number nine on my draft board, and you just reached for him in the second round. Okay. Typical Joe Thomas draft. <laughs> Firm, give us some analysis, please. So I w- I'm going to try to set aside my bias for, for Baker Mayfield, who I, who I think is great. Joe, I will agree with you to a point on Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota is slept on every year. I think it's because the Titans have not put a ton around him, and I think last year they were trying to stuff him into an offense that um, did not fit his skill set. I think Matt LaFleur, as Joe said, is going to help him a lot. I still give a slight edge to my guy Baker just because I think the overall talent and, and the arm talent that we saw in these first couple weeks is there, but I do think that people sleep on Marcus Mariota, who not only can throw, but still has the leg. So this one was really, really close, but I'm giving the slight edge to Baker. On to the third and final round. Hawk, you're on the clock. I might have to just go an extra round because Joe is leaving everybody on my draft board out there, and I didn't think there would be this much talent still available. But (laughs) for my third round pick, I am going with Deshaun Watson, who can do it all. He can run, he can pass. And the thing about Deshaun is he's coming back from his injury. Um, and people have said, oh, he doesn't look the same. He does look the same. He's actually put up really, really big numbers. He's been in close games. Yes, there is some rust he is knocking off with the knee injury for a mobile quarterback. That's to be expected. But I still think this guy's ceiling is sky high. And, and of the available of the available under 25 quarterbacks, he is next in line. That is my third round pick. I think Deshaun Watson's still going to be good, but I'm not sure how good until he gets an offense that is customized for his talents I think that's going to hold him back. I, I just I see him running the Tom Brady offense, and his skill set is not Tom Brady's. I, I would like to see him in more of that L.A. Rams-type offense where he's able to use his legs a little bit more. They're able to use some of those more uh, play-action, outside-zone-type schemes, and I think then he could really explode and show us all that considerable talent that he has. But until then, that's going to hold him back. Well, let me say this really quick. Before no, no, we... I don't want to hear you no, say no, no, anything. No, 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 no. Let me just give you some context, Joe. Right now, Marcus Mariota has 547 yards passing, two touchdowns and three interceptions with a 79.3 passer rating. Now, I get he missed the game, but those are still not good stats. Deshaun Watson, who you said you're waiting for the right offense for and who you actually credited Marcus Mariota for, which is being able to run. Deshaun Watson has 1,246 yards passing, seven touchdowns, four interceptions and a 93.5 passer rating. So just putting that out there. Okay. What I'm going to say is roll the fucking tape. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Second thing is, what's their record? The reason he's got such great stats is because at the end of those games when you're losing, you get a lot of easy throws. You get a lot of easy completions. So you pad your stats. Whereas Marcus is doing all that with his team either tied or close or in the lead, which, as we all know, that's a much more difficult situation to pass in. Thank you. Next next round. (laughs) All right. Well, Joe, you still got a pick in the third round, right? Sorry. One more pick in this round. So you're on the clock. Choose wisely. All right. Uh, My last pick will be uh, clearly denigrated by Andrew Hawkins, like all of them have been so far. But I'm going to pick Josh Rosen, right? Because I have seen the potential in this guy back when he was at UCLA. He's got one opportunity so far. Did he set the world on fire? No. But I really think he's the most NFL ready. He's a guy that's got uh, great accuracy, arm strength brain he's got everything you you could want from a starting quarterback I think he's got a huge ceiling now I don't think the Cardinals is a great fit for him right now they just don't have a lot of talent around him but if I'm looking down the line seven eight years I think we're all going to say wow Josh Rosen is one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL 
You know, I'm not I'm not mad at that pick, but go ahead, Frank. Give us a little analysis on on round three. I am a noted Deshaun Watson fan. So I, I again my vision is cloudy here and, and you know Joe is probably gonna hate me for that, but I but I do think I actually in the draft, I think I had Josh Rosen higher than Baker Mayfield as the guy that I wanted the Browns to take. So I, I'm with Joe in that I think Josh Rosen is gonna be a beast. I think he's gonna need some time, but I think we've already seen flashes of why the Cardinals took him and why he's going to succeed in the NFL. But man, I, I love me some Deshaun Watson. So again, just the slightest of edges to, to Hawk and uh, Joe may never communicate with me again after this quarterback uh, quarterback draft. Well, we'll always kick it to the, to the fans once the draft is over, but just for reference, Joe, you were down three, nothing in the analysis department. Are we going to go an extra round commissioner uh, Natty ice? Yeah. You know, let's go one bonus round. So with the bonus round, first pick, you're on the clock. Man, I love the fact that I'm picking first because I'm such an incredible general manager in our DraftKings League. Um, but with the fourth round pick, which this is not even – my board isn't even prepared for this. But of the guys available, I have to go with Jameis Winston. I get this one might not go over really well. But I still think Jameis Winston has, like, a ton of tools. I feel like all of his problems are off the field, which, yes, they are concerning. And, yes, sometimes they bleed into his ability to be a starting quarterback. But if I'm looking at just talent, if the guys left, they said, just off of talent, who do you want as your quarterback? I would probably go with Jameis Winston. So that's my fourth-round pick. More like an undrafted free agent, but I digress. All right, Joe, you're next on the clock. So my final pick in the fourth round is going to be Mitch Trubisky. He is a friend of the show, so I'm clearly biased there. But I think the team that the Bears have built with that stingy defense highlighted by the great Khalil Mack, thank you, John Gruden, and the weapons that they're putting around Mitch and the offense that he's running that's really fitting his skill set is going to really develop this young man who's got tremendous talent and I think he is going to be one of the stars of the league in a couple years. All right, I'm getting back into Joe's good graces here because I'm giving Joe this round. <laughs> I think Mitch Trubisky showed us last week nice. that he is capable of running a more complex offense than he was asked to run last year. Matt Nagy has given him a wide-open offense, and he balled out. He threw six touchdown passes, which is just I still can't get over. So um, I'm giving this round to Joe because I'm not a big Jameis Winston believer. So it is uh, Joe gets the bonus round in my humble opinion. Okay, congrats, Joe. You won the, the undrafted free agent round. Your team sucks, and your best players are undrafted guys. So I think that does it for our Tomahawk draft. We'll make sure we kick a poll to social to see, see if they agree with me or you, Joe. There's still a chance. I'm just saying that's just my opinion. That doesn't mean anything here, right? That's true. I, I just want uh, one more comment and then a question for Hawk. So my comment's going to be, you can see that Hawk had the first pick, so he clearly had an advantage in this draft. Why did he have the first pick, you say? Well, because he sucked at all the last drafts, and so he was the worst team in the league, so he gets the first pick in this draft. All right, thank you very much. The last comment I'm going to make on the top QBs under 25 is I'm going to say one guy that I think will not succeed in the NFL, and I'm going to tell you why, and that's Lamar Jackson, right? Not because of his skill set, not because of anything he did, but he was drafted into the worst possible situation for a guy that wants to play quarterback. Joe Flacco is having a resurrection of his career season. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. At one point, he was the highest paid player in the NFL. He is still young. I think he's like 31, 32 years old. So he's got a good five, six, seven years ahead of him. 
And for Lamar Jackson, he's got 62 yards rushing right now and 24 yards passing. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I see the Ravens are going to continue to be a good team this year and next year. And Lamar Jackson's just not going to develop as a quarterback. And he's going to end up having to go somewhere else in the middle ages of his career to try to prove it as a quarterback. He's only going to get one year to do it. And unfortunately, the, the saga ends when he's out of the league in his early 30s. Completely disagree. I think they're going to give him a chance to play quarterback in Baltimore. And I think Joe Flacco will continue to have a great year and he will be the quarterback of the Dolphins who are going to win too many games to get an early pick and get a real good quarterback. And they're, not, they're going to be forced to do something in free agency and the Baltimore is ready to cut ties with Joe Flacco. So your Florida quarterbacks will be Blake Bortles, Joe Flacco, and Jameis Winston. So out of all those quarterbacks under 25, who's the one guy you don't think is going to succeed? Nathan Peterman. But I don't want to beat that dead horse anymore. So I'm this going, family's already put death threats out there. For yeah, me. they're already trying to find my whereabouts. Like we're trying to find NFDs. So I will pass on him, and I will go with we'll go with Dak Prescott. I just don't think Dak is that good. I think with a, a sound O line that he has, most quarterbacks will look really, really good. Um, you're seeing quarterbacks that aren't that good throw for 400 yards, have huge games. Imagine if they had. 47 seconds to throw every play like he does or if they had one of the best running backs in the league like Ezekiel Elliott you know now he does he have great weapons no you can argue that he's definitely deficient at the the receiver position and they're not getting open and um, they don't have the downfield threat that they need for a quarterback to be successful but even when I've watched him from the beginning it's never struck me as a guy who is doing anything special or a guy who's taking over the game he is not the go-to Ezekiel Elliott is the go-to as Zeke goes that team goes, not Dak Prescott. And if you're the quarterback that everyone thinks you are, you're the quarterback of America's team and one of these guys that people want to point to as franchise and elite, you have to be the guy who, whenever you play well, everybody responds, and that has not been the case. And would you look at that? We got a, we got a, our caller, a guest caller in. We got Green Bay Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari joining us, just jumping right into the conversation here at the Tomahawk. It's like a, it's like a player's lounge. Joe, hit him with the first question. Bakhtiari, he's like the most famous uh, Iranian in the history of the world, right? I know. Um, I definitely have a, 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 an Iranian following uh, that I've seen every now and then, which is pretty funny. <laughs> do you ever get back there? Do you, do you try to bring football to uh, the folks in Iran? No, because I'm too way too whitewashed. They'd look at me and be like, you're not pure. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Your blood is not pure. David, go back to where you came from. Oh, yeah. Good. Go back, so go back I, to your cheeseburgers, and I'd be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Happily. So I, I actually was with Mark Tauscher this morning, another great Packers tackle, just got put into the Packers Hall of Fame. And uh, he had a few questions he wanted to send on to you. And the first one was he wanted me to know if uh, you could name the original 13 colonies. Oh, Jesus. Of course you can. And can't. I can't so use my phone? You're not allowed to. So let's go to the next question. The next question was, there was a very, very famous social media post with you on a jet ski. And I think maybe if you could explain to all the many, many Tomahawk viewers and listeners back home, what was going on in that picture? Because I feel like you were probably uh, the biggest name, the biggest Hollywood guy that has ever played left tackle in the history of the NFL. Um, well, uh, I appreciate you boasting about me, which is borderline false but uh i'll go to the photo the photo was a uh it was a gift from aaron it was the jet ski it was a three-part gift you got to choose one of the three i ended up going with the jet ski and then uh i figured you know 
what's a good way to thank Aaron? I think a fun way to thank Aaron is always through some sort of way where, you know, because he, he doesn't really do the um, gifts in front of the media for the fellow offensive linemen for everyone else to see. He kind of just does it on his own in his quiet corner and goes about his business. So I wanted to thank him in a big way, and I know he really appreciated it. So kind of talked to a couple of the girls that we brought up to my lake house and brought them all in the one photo and uh, had a nice crafty caption with it, and it kind of just took off from there. So for those of you at home that haven't seen it yet, there's David in the middle looking swaggy as hell with his uh, big guns out. He's got his life jacket in, so he, he's being safe, but he's got Absolutely. safety first of his closest friends hanging all around him, a bunch of smoke shows and <laughs> bikinis. Uh, they're all smiling, but you're the only one not smiling. Were you not having fun in that photo? Can you tell us? Uh, no, no fun. It was a no fun zone. All right. That's good. I'm glad you were taking it serious and you were keeping it all. It, it was, it was, it was purely for the social media post while I was working. So yeah. I, I had to be serious. Work trip. Work trip. Understandable. David, now you talk about Aaron and people always ask me about Joe. They're like, what is Joe like? What is Joe like? And I'm like, he's an asshole. So mm -hmm. I always want to ask people around Aaron Rodgers because everyone always wants to know about his personality because it seems like he's all football and he never lets people really get a glimpse into him. What is Aaron Rodgers like? And you can be honest here on the Tomahawk Show because we don't filter bullshit through here. This is like a, this isn't a press conference. Tell us what the guy is really like. He's incredibly like smart, like a, a brainiac nerd that got put into like an athletic body and like doesn't know how to work it. <laughs> like it doesn't know how to doesn't know how to mesh the two completely. He hasn't figured out how to use it, his it, flesh suit yet. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, black black black. I mean, he, I, I, I mean, God, like he, he knows. I mean, you talk about anything. It could be politics, religion, any type of sport. Literally, he knows everything. He is like a walking. I, I've, I've joked with him. Like, call him. He's like a complex computer. You know, anytime he stumbles or, or like stutters or messes up or says something wrong, I always tell him he's got to update his software. Like. Or it's out of date or something. <laughs> it's I, I, that, that's kind of your ongoing joke. But he, I mean, he's extremely intelligent. I think a lot of people just say, you know, when it comes to like football, you know, he's he's got good football IQ. But I'm just talking in general, like hyper intelligent, like almost uncomfortable at how smart he is. Uncomfortable intelligence. I get that a lot. Joe, Joe describes me the same way when people ask mm -hmm. about my personality. Yeah, usually I just say uncomfortable and then I leave it at that. <laughs> you leave but, the intelligence uh, out. No, so Hawk and I kind of <laughs> developed this friendship in the locker room, and that's kind of what spawned the Tomahawk show. If you're walking in the locker room and Aaron's just sitting there and you guys are going to go shoot the breeze, what's his favorite topic to talk about outside of football? I know he enjoys his conspiracy theories. Oh. He always mm. gets a crack at that. If you ever mm. want to dip into that, uh, that rabbit hole, he'll, he'll go very far with you. Is he a flat earther? Uh, no. Okay, good. No, he, he, he is not with uh, Kyrie Irving on that one. <laughs> like uh, today, I, I saw him in the facility today. I mean, we just talked about a, a, a show. I, we, we were just, you know, messing around. I told May there's a good show I just finished watching. I highly recommend that he starts watching it. I thought it was really good. What was the show? Yeah, what was the show? <laughs> Maybe I didn't hear it. Uh, it was on Netflix, the one with Emma Stone called uh, uh, Maniac. Okay. Huh. I know which one you're talking about. I didn't know the name of it. Yeah, I know the name of it. It's, it's actually it was pretty good. I was pretty lost for the first couple episodes, and then it was like a snowball effect. And it just that's that's how you know it's a good Netflix show when you don't figure it out until like episode six, and then everything just comes together for you. Yeah, no, it was it, it, it's pretty fun. David, now this is this topic is very near and dear to our heart. Joe is a left tackle, spent his entire career protecting quarterbacks, 
sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Um, I am a receiver. I don't like contact. Not only am I a receiver, I'm a small receiver. So I really don't like getting hit. So I love all the personal fouls. I love all the roughing penalties that have been across the league. But now the way that they're protecting quarterback, it strikes both of us in a bad way. We are not fans of, you know, you looking at a quarterback the wrong way and getting a 15-yard penalty. I want to, A, get your take on the roughing the passer penalties, specifically because you're a teammate of Clay Matthews. And then, B, is the Packers O-line to blame for ruining the NFL? Because technically, (laughs) the hit on Aaron Rodgers last year against the Minnesota Vikings is what spawned this BS. So, should the fans be – flooding your inbox in mentions for ruining American football. All right. Well, as Joe knows, you know, our job is to protect the quarterback and make, make a pocket. Now, once you escape the pocket and try and extend the play, you know, you're kind of on your own on that one. I can't cover from num- like numbers to sideline. That's too much. We you know we create a pocket and you throw it within the pocket. So gotcha. I will say that that hit, it was outside the pocket rolling, right. You know, extending a play. So, not ah. saying it was our fault. I'm not. I am not saying that. You heard I'm it here first. It is our fault. I don't. I don't want to be having any any bad blood. With my quarterback going into this week. No bad blood. We're just going to say that Aaron Rodgers ruined American football. That's just the headline <laughs> we'll go with. And I'm sure it'll just fly under the radar. Left tackle says Aaron <laughs> yeah. Rodgers. Left tackle says ruined football. Yeah, they won't use your name. They'll just use your your position. That'll be perfect. That's yeah, just about exactly. what it's like being a left tackle, which usually is a good thing. But uh, going off of that Clay Matthews thing, I think a lot of times being a locker room leader, being one of the veterans on the team, it's your job to go to guys that are struggling and give them that shaking moment where it's that come to Jesus moment. You grab them by the shoulder pads and say, come on, man, you're hurting the team, right? So Clay Matthews has gotten three bad penalties in the first games of the season, 15-yard personal foul he's hurting the team with all these penalties obviously he lacks discipline have you had to have a come to Jesus meeting with Clay in that locker room where you say hey man you need to stop hurting this team and start being part of this thing we're pulling this thing in the right direction no we we actually exiled him and no one communicates with Clay (laughs) until 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 he stops committing these horrific penalties Mm. that have been uh detrimental to our Win loss record, no one's been communicating with them. Just undisciplined. You got to pull them to the side. You got to say, hey, this is American <laughs> football. I don't know if you or your family have ever heard of this sport, but you got to play by the rules, buddy. It, 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 it's so far past that now, like where the communication just out the window, where non communication is almost better. Oh, man. What was the positive reinforcement you gave Clay this week after he finally cleaned up his act and, and became a little bit disciplined and didn't get one of those 15 yarders? At least you got half. You got half a sack. I'm like, hey, start. That's a start. <laughs> a start. <laughs> he, he chuckled. He chuckled at it. <laughs> I love it. Tell me this, David. You're you were a one star recruit. Is that correct information from our researchers? Um, I was a half a star. And then when I <laughs> started receiving offers from BCS schools, they're like, all right, there's no way this guy could just be half a star. So we, they gave me a star. And then when I signed signed the letter of intent, they gave me another star because they're like, all right, he's going to a D1 University, he has to at least be better than all the, you know, some of these guys that are going to D1 AA schools. Well, listen to this, David. You're talking to a fellow one-star recruit who, after I signed with the Division I school, they didn't even update it. They just kept it a one-star. It was a one-star. It's Honestly, if you go on Rivals right now, I think my profile still has one star on it, my recruiting profile, from 2004. 
Hey, we got we got that we got that chip on our shoulder. We got that in common. Me and you. Joe doesn't know yeah. anything about that. They no. Pay. Joe knows nothing about it. Joe's that big name going to the big exactly. university. Picks you know, his school. All, 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 all the all the checks being funneled his way. Keep playing good ball. You know, we were just the grinder showing up every day. Mom got a new Corolla. Everything in the recruiting <laughs> process. Tell me this, David. Very How convenient, did- Joe. Very <laughs> convenient. You got that sweet two-bedroom condo in Wisconsin. <laughs> now that you're on top of the football world, David, do you ever look back to coaches who didn't give you the time of day or schools that you wanted to go to? Do you ever connect with them and give them a subtle I told you so? Um, I wish I could. That would be fun. Really? You don't? Well, let me let me coach you up here. I, 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 don't, I don't have any of their numbers. I may not. Uh, maybe I'm just a little bit. That's enough of a slap in the face already. I don't even have your number. You're so far <laughs> below me. I wouldn't even call you. <laughs> I follow them all on Twitter. The ones who wouldn't offer me, I followed their entire careers. I know what schools they're at. I follow them on Twitter. So they follow me back, and then I make sure they get they retweet and see all the successes. And I also have them in speeches. I actually name their names when I give speeches. I probably should stop doing that. Excuse me. I, are you actually have done that? Yes. I legit have named names of coaches and conversations and instances that happen throughout the recruiting process and, and almost like a look at me now kind of thing. I mean, I definitely remember some of like the, the uh, slights that uh, people have said to me throughout my career. Kind of like last day when people say like I'm too small or I don't have quick enough feet. That's the one always struck struck me. When they told me I wasn't athletic enough. I'm like, mm. I'm literally a tiny, skinny high school kid. Like I, the only reason why I'm decent is because I can move so well. How are you gonna tell me I'm athletic? <laughs> but right. apparently they, they they know better than me. So mm-hmm. I got I got I got a, I got a quick little funny bit. I had a recruit. I forget I forget uh from what school. He literally didn't even offer me, but he showed up to school, pulled me aside just to tell me all the bad things about me. And then <laughs> after I'm like, so what? Like, are you guys going to offer me uh, or what is this? He goes, no, no, I just want to just pull you aside and talk to you about some things you should work on. I'm like, okay, cool, great, thank you. Can I go back to my class now? And they're like, yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> and you didn't remember that guy's name? You didn't write that guy's no, I name don't. down? Nope, not at all. Oh, man, I would have had his face on my bedroom for 20 years. <laughs> Golly, maybe I'm just a vindictive, like I said. Oh, okay, go ahead, Joe. So – I played with J.C. Treader last year with the Browns. He was one of my favorite teammates of all time. He was a guy that loved to gamble and bet on everything you could possibly imagine. Did you ever engage J.C. in his gambling habits? Not really. There are a decent amount of guys who like to gamble and go to the casino on the uh, our offensive line out here. But, you know, I, I never really got too into it with J.C. We did a couple um, card games, I think maybe on a um, either an NBA, NBA Finals or a World Series, but that's kind of the extent of it. JC was definitely always in the mix when it came to betting, gambling, or money. Mm-hmm. And he was always the uh, he always spearheaded the uh, collecting of the money anytime he went bowling for to see who's uh, who's going to collect the money at the end of the trip. Yeah, that, that's more what I was talking about. JC brought risk, the you know the board game into the locker room, and we bet like a hundred bucks on a game of risk. We would bet what time the meeting was going to end. We would bet like how long the the offensive line coach was going to talk to start the meeting. It didn't matter what it was, we were going to bet on it. I was curious if uh, JC was into that in the in the Green Bay locker room, or if all the new money that he got when he came to Cleveland, those I was hundreds just of million, about to say that. Yeah, I was just about the same. It yeah. might have, it might have been all that new money he got. Yeah, that's all that he, fresh he was. He, he had started, you know. I, I wouldn't say to that extent where he's, you know, betting on 
uh, what time meetings are going to, or what time uh, your coach, how long your coach is going to talk for. He never uh, did to that extent. But okay. I think, I think he needs a, uh, I think he needs an intervention at this point. Yeah. He's definitely got a problem, but the thing is he's winning. Like he, he's so smart with his Princeton background that he's actually winning all these bets and he's coming out on the, on the, the good side by the end of the season. And so really it's not a problem unless you're losing the money. You know, I don't want to correct you, Joe, because I have the utmost respect for you, but I'm going to do it anyways. It was uh, Cornell, but I'm assuming you did. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, what an, what an insult. Join, uh, join the club. I mean, because I, I know now that we're talking about JC, he's going to listen to this. And the last thing I, I would hate for to do, he goes, I didn't even go to Princeton. What are you talking about? <laughs> Must know, be a different JC Treader. He just doesn't respect <laughs> us Ivy Leaguers, David. That's the real problem here. <laughs> David, I have a question. And here at the Tomahawk, again, me and Joe are former players, obviously. We never like to put our guys in a negative light or put them in situations that are no win or anything like that. So maybe a couple softball questions. You went to the same high school as Tom Brady, correct? Yeah. Who is better, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> as a quarterback, Aaron. Oh, wow. As a I winner, like that. Hot take. As, as a winner, obviously, Tom. I mean, he's gone to how many Super Bowls? What is it, five now? So if you had to protect one quarterback – and your life depended on it. And your life depended on him making this pass to win the game. Who are you going to protect, David? Not to put you in a bad light, because we don't want to do that here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Aaron, <laughs> obviously. I love it. You're a smart he guy. Wants more you jet he wants more jet skis. He wants more jet skis. Easy question. Oh, no, no. I know. After this new deal, no. We, I, I already told him the location or at least the town that I want my house. Because, <laughs> I mean, he has, he has to up it now. Because he was, he was getting the jet skis on the old deal. He's got this new one now. He's all that new money. So I know, you know, the write-offs and all that. So I've already sent him a couple uh, areas where I'd like to live. Have you watched any Patrick Mahomes action so far this season? You know, I haven't. I've just seen kind of like, like a clip or a highlight here and there, but I haven't seen him. I haven't watched the game. All anyone keeps talking about is how Mahomes reminds them of Aaron Rodgers. And I wanted to get your take if you think there's any similarities there. You're a guy who's seen Aaron Rodgers up close and personal many a times. So I feel like you'd be an expert on that conversation. From what I can take is this. He can move so he can run, so he's elusive. I heard he's pretty accurate when he throws, and he can throw the ball very, very hard and far. Yes. And those three things are a lot what Aaron does and what he makes his money on now. I'd have to hang out with him to kind of hear him kind of talk and, you know, see his IQ level because – Aaron's is crazy, even, like I said, off the field and even on the field. So I want to at least get an idea there because there's so many things Aaron does, the line of scrimmage and what's going on in his head that are, I mean, way past anyone that's either on the field, in the headsets, even watching the game. That separates him from everyone else. What do you think Aaron's legacy is going to be in the NFL when it's all said and done and he's 45 years old and he's sitting in his rocking chair back at home, wherever that is, probably in California somewhere? That guy could throw a hell of a ball for having two broken collarbones. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. Um, his legacy, uh, shoot. I mean, I think people probably call him like a magician, you know, for just how he is able to make some of the craziest, most miraculous throws in the positions and not only physically, but where he was on the field, you know, like off his back foot, rolling left, throwing 70 yards and dime to a guy on the right side. How's uh, Aaron's relationship with Mike McCarthy? I know there's been a lot of conversation this week and <clears throat> leading up into the season about everybody wants to know, like coach and quarterback, what's the relationship like? Aaron Rodgers recently has come out in the media and said some things that were potentially taken 
as if he was unhappy with the role of the head coach. Where do you stand on all that? I'm just waiting for TMZ to come out with their initial report because that, that'll give me a better insight. <laughs> Bingo! I, I love mean, it. you 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 know us. We're kind of just the we're kind of the grunts. They kind of just tell us what to do, when to do it, and we don't ask too many questions past that. So the the issues, like I said, that they're having that, that's obviously going on, or their conversations are happening behind closed doors that we don't really know much about. We're on a need to know basis. Need to know basis. That's how I keep Joe here, man. He's a grunt in this show. I kind of just run the show. We're going to run through through a couple fire, rapid fire questions for you, David, just to get your take. We always ask our guests these questions. So you can just spit out the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. All right. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, who is the most famous person in your phone? Uh, Army Hammer. Army Hammer? Who is that? Uh, Actor that I know. Okay. Really cool guy. I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, I I was going to say. heard him. He's no MC, that's for damn sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean I, I guess it's not that famous then, so I guess I have no cool friends. <laughs> I was going to say, like, oh, that's the guy I know that, uh, that works at the gas station. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. What movie makes you cry? Click. Click. Hmm. Wow, that is telling. Okay. If you weren't in the NFL, you would be what? Probably in tech sales, living in San Francisco. That's all hmm. pretty much all my buddies do. I like it. When, what's one thing you were secretly good at? Uh, snow and water skiing. Snow and water skiing. I think that does it for here. One more. Who's the worst dresser on your team? Uh, Corey Lindsley. Nice. Because <laughs> he, 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 he thinks he has swag, so even when he wears it, he, he doesn't have that, uh, that aura about him, so he looks that much dumber. So that's a problem. If you try to look good and you still look like a slob, that's a big issue. But if you look like a slob and you're trying to look like a slob, I feel like that gets the pass, especially yeah. in the NFL. It's like, it's like two negatives equal a positive. Uh, that's, that's the way I look at it. Now, the best, the best dress is Randall Cobb, and I can't stand it. Because I look at him, I'm like, I would love to look like that, like regal and cool. But like, if I wore those skinny, kind of tiny little bit ripped, like red jeans and whatever <laughs> brown jacket you have on with your – you know, Levi, you know, denim thing on top. I look like the biggest idiot. But, like, you look at him, like, oh, that looks really cool. He looks really well done. David, I think you could pull it off, man. You got to have confidence. Style is all about having the confidence. Not, not a man. chance. Hey, you know what? I, I, know, I know which land I'm in. I'm going to stay in my land. I love it. I love it. Well, look, I think that does it for us, man. David, we appreciate you joining us here on the Tomahawk, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me on, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Man, Hawk, that was an awesome interview with our man, David Bakhtiari. I'm glad he gave us a little bit of information on what's going on in Green Bay. And I'm sure that'll make Packers fans uh, a little nervous based on the things that he told us. But we got to move on. Tomahawk matchups of the week. One of my favorite segments on the Tomahawk show. Every episode is the matchups of the week. So I will go first. I'm going to say my matchup of the week is Aaron Donald versus the Seattle Seahawks' porous offensive line and Russell Wilson. The Seahawks have struggled all season to block people. Russell Wilson has been running for his life, and Aaron Donald is going to eat up the inside of that offensive line. There's no amount of running that Russell Wilson's going to be able to do on Sunday to be able to escape the onslaught of Aaron Donald, the beast in the middle there, and you're going to see him have a career day against the Seahawks' offensive line. I like that. Aaron Donald is a scary, scary dude. I've seen a picture of him and Indomitian Sue doing some kind of macho, like hand dap, fist pound something, and it looked like two gorillas or two, like, grizzly bears, like, saying hi to each other. 
which makes me want to ask the question, Joe, if you're in prison, right, and you have two... When I was uh, in prison. When you were in prison, um, and your two roommates that were there, if they were in Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald, and they wanted the top bunk, and they were like, yo, you're going to give us the top bunk, or we're going to take the top bunk, what do you do? Well, when I was in prison, I always relegated the top bunk to the biggest, strongest man in the room. And clearly in that situation, those guys are bigger and stronger than me and scarier. Because uh, I'm just a little pipsqueak now that only eats once a day on his uh, fancy keto intermittent fasting diet. But let me tell you something that's interesting about these two guys that always strikes me. When you see Endomic and Sue, that guy is just hulking and intimidating, right? He's got these massive arms, huge thighs. He's a big, big, strong looking man. And then you see Aaron Donald. And for a nose guard for a three technique in the NFL, he kind of looks puny to be totally honest. Oh, you're drunk. He's like, he's like 6'2", 6'3", 280. He just doesn't look that big and intimidating until you flip on the film. And he is steamrolling <laughs> dudes that got 50, 60 pounds on him. And actually he plays bigger and stronger than Indomitian and Sue does because he's so powerful. He has got to be the most powerful guy in the NFL from his hips and his legs. And he's like an explosive player. Like Odell Beckham is explosive. Only he is playing inside and he's got about a hundred pounds on Odell Beckham. I can only imagine what that guy can hang clean. And I know, you know, him pretty well. Yeah. He's a Pittsburgh kid. And I bet you in the weight room, he is a total beast. He really is, man. The craziest part about him is he's like 280, 290 pounds. And he has a six pack. Now I know we don't we haven't done a Joe Thomas Man Crush Monday in a long time. But for a 290 pounder with a six pack, that's some impressive stuff right there, man. Here, hey Hawk, here's your homework for the weekend. I've seen Miles Garrett with his shirt off a bunch. You need to go and and uh, text Aaron Donald because I know you got his number in his phone, uh-huh. and you need to give him to send you a six pack selfie just to prove it. All right, I'm gonna get one from Aaron Donald to send you. I'm like, hey, my buddy at the Tomahawk Show wants to see you with your shirt off. If you could just send me a selfie uh, with your abs all glistened up, that would be that would be ideal. All right, for my individual matchup of the week, I am gonna go with the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary versus Patrick Mahomes, and I'm gonna get more specific than next. I'm gonna go with Tyreek Hill versus Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, who in my opinion is the best cornerback in the NFL, and the new way that the NFL cornerbacks are kind of built is they're above six foot, they're six one, they're six two, they're bigger guys, longer arms, get physical at the line within those five yards and kind of disrupt. Um, Cause like back in the day, let's say like 10 years ago, it wasn't the case. Five ten was kind of the average size for a cornerback back when it was, you know, all a finesse game, but the game has changed. But one thing that big corners struggle with, and I know this because I was a small receiver is small shifty receivers. So yes, Jalen Ramsey can give hell to A.J. Green. He can give hell to Julio Jones. He'll give hell to all these other receivers. But I feel like he is going to struggle against Tyreek Hill because it is tough for big guys to get as low and get that center of gravity as, as low as the smaller receivers and get hands on them. And I could see Tyreek really uh, kind of exposing a weakness there in the Jaguars secondary, who typically all those guys are really, really big. So that's my individual matchup of the week. Uh, Hawk, I think that was a, it was very insightful, the Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey matchup. That As a fan, that's the stuff. That's why I come to this podcast. That's why I listen to you guys. All right, we are going to move on, and it is time for our Tama Hot Takes of the Week. 
that we are now rebranding this week because our brilliant minds came together and we now have way better names for these segments. So, Tama, hot takes of the week. Uh, Joe, why don't, we, uh, why don't we start off with you for this one? I'm starting out with Blake Bortles, and he is going to continue the career resurrection, and they are going to beat down the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's going to make Patrick Mahomes look like Blake Bortles from two years ago when everyone left him for dead. That Jaguars defense is tough. They're going to have the Kansas City Chiefs number all day. I think it's going to be the first defense that really sticks it to Kansas City. And I expect Blake Bortles to have a big day because Kansas City's secondary, a little bit shaky, defense not so great. Blake Bortles is going to continue to take that coaching in Jacksonville. They've got excellent coaches down there. And he's going to have another career day. Over 300 yards passing. And all of a sudden, we're going to be saying, Blake Bortles to the Pro Bowl, baby. Yeah, I, I love when Joe just volunteers to take the Dama, the, the Tama dumb takes. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> in a different direction here. I'm going to go. My hot, my Tama hot take of the week is Josh Rosen, a guy that we talked about in our draft. I think he gets his first win this week. I actually do think he is a guy with a high ceiling because his give a shit meter is right at the right spot where, you know, he was talking about getting paid. He should be getting paid in NCAA. You know, he's already he comes from the, the Wharton family from the University of Pennsylvania. So money is no object to this guy. He just wants to play football. So I do think he will be really good starting with this week. I think they get a win over the San Francisco 49ers. And we started to throw Josh Rosen's name in that conversation as a young rookie hot QBs. All right. Like, I'm going to give a, a quick hot take, Tama hot take of my own. I think that the Vikings are going to beat the Eagles. And I think you will see our first should Nick Foles return as a starting quarterback article in some paper somewhere in Philadelphia. That's my hot take. All right, guys. Well, let's move on to our, our sort of final one here. It's our Tama lock of the week. And we will start mm-hmm. with uh, the humble one, Andrew Hawkins. Oh, I love it. The humble one. Finally, people are starting to recognize my humility and the, the sense of comfort it brings to everybody. And I should reference the guy on Twitter. I don't remember his Twitter name, but he is the one who came up with all the, the names, but you're very low hanging fruit and very easy. So if you're listening, I don't want you to think that you are super duper smart, but you are pretty awesome. Um, and you're just the right of smarts to work here at the Tomahawk Show. So we appreciate you naming these segments for us. Um, but my lock of the week, I don't even have a lock of the week. So I'm going to go with – I'll go Packers over Lions. I think the NFC North is the most uh, competitive division in football with the Bears kind of resurgence. And then you have the Lions who have this at least talent. They haven't been able to pull out some of these late late game victories. But then you also have the Packers and the Vikings are, are hot and cold. But I think overall it's like a really, really talented division. But I do think that Aaron Rodgers is still the king. Um, and as Bakhtiari told us, He's probably better than everybody else, and I think they get the win versus the Lions. So you just told us you don't have a tomahawk lock of the week, and then you just told us that the Packers are going to beat the Lions. So what is it? Do you not I have s- a pick? Or- I said I didn't have one pre-planned, and then I freestyled a tomahawk of the week. <laughs> wow. How about the brain on this guy? He goes from yeah. not having a pick to all of a sudden having a lock in under five seconds while he's still talking. Can you exactly. can you any of the bullshit that comes out of your mouth ever? I went to Columbia. Yeah, I don't okay. have a lock, and all of a sudden your brain is thinking, I have a lock. I would hate to be your wife. That would be a disaster. I would hate for you to be my wife too, Joe, okay? <laughs> I don't want a six, seven, 250-pound wife. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful on the inside. 
All right, my Tomahawk lock of the week is I've got the Patriots over the Colts, and this is an easy one. Both of them playing on a short week. They're playing Thursday night football. The Colts had a big overtime game last week that they lost thanks to a, a failed fourth down conversion. Andrew Luck threw like 700 passes on that weebly and feeble arm. He's not going to have enough time to recover. Noodle arm. We the call noodle, noodle arm. I'm telling you, this wear and tear and the soreness in this arm is going to build up for that guy. And he's really not going to have much left this week. The Patriots are so good at looking at what a quarterback does and trying to force that quarterback to beat them with his weakness. And right now, Andrew Luck has not thrown the ball down the field very effectively. So the Patriots are going to play man coverage, press man like they do so well. They're going to take away all that underneath stuff. They're going to force him to try to throw the ball down the field. That sore arm from last Sunday is not going to be able to do it. And they're going to run all over him. I think the spread is like 10 points, which is pretty astronomical already. And they might double that. I like that. I'll give you that one. All right. Let's go right into our pick em for the – actually, let's get the results from last week. Do we have pick em results, Nat? So, unfortunately, Hawk, Zerm, and TD all didn't pick last week, so they all get a big fat zero. All right. I beat them at least. I would just like to make the special announcement that I, myself, Natty Ice, got first place. Oh, unbelievable. The fatty Natty Ice gets first place. How many did you get right? I actually tied with Eric, but let's just say I'm the winner. Okay, we'll give that to you. All right, let's get into our Ask Nat segment, JoJo. Do you have some questions for us to get? shoot to Nat? I do. We've got some fun ones from some fans this week. Uh, the first one I'm going to ask to Nat, and just for everybody back home, we did not give her any of these questions beforehand, so she is totally cold and has to answer these off the cuff. Yeah. Your first question, Donald Trump. President of the United States has tweeted us because he's a big fan of the Tomahawk Show. And he asks, is it no coincidence that the failing Joe Thomas leaves the Browns and they immediately start winning? Yes. There, there's no question about it. Riveting. <laughs> That's good radio. All right. Do you ever think about how amazing your little sister is and how you oh wish you God. could be more like her? I knew this was coming. Claudia, this is for you. <laughs> First of all, I know you're the better sister all around. I know mom and dad like you a lot more than they like me. You're smarter, prettier, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But no, I don't wish I could be like you. I like me how I am. She likes being right. second place her entire life. We like Natty Ice just the way she is. How old is your sister now? My sister is 21. Mm, this, is she looking for a podcast role? <laughs> no, she actually works for the Warriors. So does that mean that that job's better than the Tomahawk? Is, is that what you're insinuating? No, I'm just, I don't want her to take my spot. Okay. All right. All right. I don't like it. Joe, you have more questions? Yeah, we do. All right. Uh, the next one. Claudia Nat, thanks for, uh, <laughs> Claudia Ice, thanks for <laughs> chiming in there. Yeah. All right. Here's a football related one. What position on the football field is the most overrated? Mm. Overrated. You know what? I'm going to say the quarterback. Oh. And my reasoning behind that mm. is, if you have an arm and eyes, you can throw the ball, right? Yes. Like, hmm. And if you need good receivers and other positions to be able to catch the ball. So I think they're put on a, on a pedestal that's way too high. They're obviously very important to the team, but I just think they're overrated and they get way too much special treatment. Hmm. All right. The final great question of this Ask Nat segment is, do you prefer to beer bong or shotgun your Natty Ices? Oh, that's a good question. I would definitely prefer to shotgun it. 
I have literally only done a beer bong once in college and it, let's just say it was a disaster, but I've shotgunned plenty of times and I would prefer to do that. So if anyone wants to send me some beer, that would be great. Oh, so if somebody sends you beer, will you post a video of yourself shotgunning it on your social media page? I will. I'll do that. Let's just, yes. is there a way I can like hide it from my boss and all my employees? <laughs> well, hang on. Whoa, whoa, I thought Hawk was your boss. Hawk is standing right here, like waving his arm saying, yes, yes, do it, do it. <laughs> so you're good then because Hawk's your boss. And unless you're talking about LeBron, I don't, I don't think he's looking at your social page this week. We'll tell him to not look this week. And then we, he can come back to stalking your uh, social pages next week. It's actually for work. So it, it's legal. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, done. Well, I think that wraps our Ask That segment here on the Tomahawk Show. And I think also wraps our show up for today. So we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Make sure you tweet us using the hashtag Tomahawk. Follow us on Twitter at Tomahawk Show. Follow us on Instagram at Tomahawk Show. Check out our DraftKings League. Join it for a chance to win $73.16. Subscribe. Rate five stars. Tell your friends and family about the best podcast you've ever heard in your life. Joe, final thoughts. My final thoughts this week are Falcons versus Steelers. This is a game that I can't wait to watch, and I'm calling it the last chance bowl because even though this is only week five of the NFL season, these are two franchises that everyone had in the playoffs. Everybody thought they were going to be really good, and they've been full of nothing but turmoil and crap football on the field this year. Whoever wins this game has the last chance to salvage their season, but whoever loses is destined for failure and a miserable season and potentially a coaching change at the end of the season. I, I like how you snuck in a hot take during final thoughts, Joe. I think that does it. Matt, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm sick of Joe's shit. Take us out. Joe Hawk yourself. <laughs>